It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket performance transmission and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. And thank you to FTIPerformance.com and all of our sponsors for bringing us WFO Radio. Super excited to catch up with Mike Salinas, the top fuel winner out there at the NHRA Arizona Nationals. And yes, we are back in the studio after a day at Wild West Engineering down there in Tucson, Arizona with Alan Reinhardt. We had a great time, hung out in Reinhardt's shop, recapped the race. That's all up on YouTube. And we did have a little skip in the matrix, but considering... We were able to do a, uh, you know, Erica Ender's team is able to do an engine swap in 15 minutes. We did a computer swap in two minutes. I don't know. It's kind of like the same thing. Mike is just seconds away. We're going to talk about the Pep Boys All-Star Callout. We're going to talk about the Amelie Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. We're going to talk about his first win with his new crew chief, Rob Flynn, all of these things. But let me tell you about the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. You already heard about FTIPerformance.com, and I'm sure there are a lot of racers in stacking down there at Gainesville Raceway right now for the Baby Gators this weekend that have FTI Performance sitting behind that power plant. Good luck to them, and we'll catch up with them uh, later on in this season. Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, Matt Hartford and team. You know, I went over to Total Seal on Tuesday, on Monday, actually, after the race, and I learned a lot. Of course, they're associated with pro stock engines and stock eliminator engines and competition eliminator engine. But did you know they're doing some things for nitro engines now? Very interesting stuff, bringing nitro school to the folks out there at the NHRA on a pretty consistent basis this year. Go to TotalSeal.com. Check out the podcast we do for them, Hidden Horsepower, and find out more information. And if you're looking to build an engine... Go to TotalSeal.com first, not last, whether it's a 3,000 horsepower street car or whether it's a bracket car or a stock eliminator car, they can help you unlock that hidden horsepower. Samtech.edu, like who's going to do all this work, right? Like all this work that is upcoming, CNC programming, motorsport EFI tuning. I'll tell you who, Samtech grads. They're working at Boeing. They're working at SpaceX. They're working at Stanfield Racing Engines. They're working at engine shops all around the country because they come out of that school knowing exactly what to do. Call Brian Massengill if you're interested. They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. Go to Brian Massengill at Samtech.edu. Tell him you heard about it on WFO and Maybe you'll be the next Samtech grad. Maybe you just want to drive a dragster, like you know, like most of us. Frank Hawley makes it easy. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the dragster adventure where a regular Joe, just like me, can drive a dragster. And it's a day challenge, right? $399. You make one half track pass, two full track passes. They can even set up a race. That's extra, of course. It's called the Dragster Adventure Challenge. Go to frankhawley.com. Find out more information. I think it is a great program for people who want to get out of the grandstands and get into a race car. And then there's Marvin Rodak. Rodakscoffeeandgrills.com. One of the worst parts about being on the road with the NHRA is I can't bring my Rodax with me right? I can't bring Rodax coffee. And so it's always a little different, but when I get home, it's amazing. R-O-D-A-K-S, Rodax coffee and grills.com hot sauces and spice rubs and grills and tools and tips and information. This guy is an amazing person, like a good guy. And everybody that calls him and orders a little coffee says that, and he'll even make a blend for you. If you would like it, go to Rodax 817-924-6821. Give him a call. And later on in the show, I'll tell you about the Patreons. But right now, we're going to go out to our top fuel race winner. He got the job done just two races in, Mr. Mike Salinas. What's up, Mike? How are you? Not too much, Joe. How are you doing? Doing good today. I am great. I'm great. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. A tremendous victory from where you were at the end of last year improving your driving, your routine, getting race wins out there in Bristol and, and really mixing it up in the countdown to, oh my goodness, who's our crew chief going to be to back in the winter circle at the start of 2020. It, it, what a roller coaster ride, but you tell me how meaningful was this win? Um, this one, um, you know, because Alan left and he was such a big part of what we were doing. Um, 
you know, all of us had little, little, little tiny doubt, doubts. We wanted, you know, we wanted to see how good we would do. Um, but when we went over to testing, um, nothing really changed. Um, so we, we learned in testing that we were ready to go. And it was nice because we kept it, you know, we weren't good. We didn't, I don't think we did any full runs. Um, I want to say we clicked off really early and we did 367 at Arizona there. Um, and then we did some other stuff, testing parts and stuff, and our numbers were real good. Nothing was being hurt. And, um, you know, we were just very lucky. So all we did was stick to the recipe and Rob tweaked it and made it a little bit better than on some parts. And uh, it worked out pretty nice for us. It worked out very nicely for you, but there was no guarantee. And uh, I heard you use a term and I wanted to ask you about it because I don't know that people outside of the sport understand we're used to shortages in a lot of stuff like material shortages and uh, supply chain issues. And we all understand the pandemic supply and demand. Now there's a war, but crew chief shortage. I heard you say mm -hmm. there was crew chief shortage. And if you think about it, there really is explain that uh, extra level of pressure that came on last year as Tony Stewart drag racing, obviously, uh, you know, the, the breakup of Don Schumacher racing, Alan moving on, the reshuffling of all the different positions out there. It was like musical chairs and nobody wanted to be left without a chair. Yeah, it, it, this year was unlike any other year we had. Um, basically, um, Josh Hart brought on Ron Douglas. You watch all these guys were doing all these separate things, um, you know, Mike Green went over, um, you know, brought Tommy back on, um, all these different things. And then quality, quality crew chiefs, you look at them and who can, you know, the biggest problem that we had, who's going to follow in Ellen's footsteps? Um, to be totally honest with you, half of the guys, uh, they wouldn't even attempt it because um, I talked to several people and they really weren't interested because those are some big shoes to fill. But um, the coolest part is um, Rob and I were talking and uh, we started talking way before this when we understood something was going to happen. And, uh, you know, he's just going back and forth. We spent a lot of time together and, you know, I just needed to make sure that the guy is who he said he was. So what I did was for the last five years, I went and checked every run that I could find that he made. And uh, it was impressive. It was, it was good. He did some really nice things. Uh, good runs um, and you don't get there by not having the smarts, you know? And so, um, hang on, some music just came on. Oh don't my gosh. gosh. <laughs> Call the kids, Mike. That's okay. Yeah, my back. This is live, you're, oh, back. you're back. We never, okay. we never even heard that, so. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, so, so basically with, with Rob, I checked everything. I checked him out really. Sorry. Something's happening here. Now that's okay. one of those new guys. People love this stuff. Just so you know, they love when it goes uh, a little sideways, not so sideways that you're up on two wheels, but definitely a little sideways. I'm going to flash some pictures on the screen while you work on that, because you, you know, you guys had a great weekend. The car had been running super well. You got to celebrate the champagne is a big part of the NHRA nowadays. And uh, everybody likes to soak it, uh, you know, whoever's down there, but uh, it was a big, big deal. You got through really tough cars. Who's that guy? What's this? What's the name of this one? Stevie, Stevie track palm. That's Jasmine's dog. Um, <laughs> He's a fixture with the racetrack, has his own hero cards. Uh, just the, he's our mascot. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's talk about your round by round. Okay, so you qualified second, so strong performance. And if my memory serves me right, you've been down the track every run except for first round in Pomona where it looked like something broke the way you roasted the tires out there. I don't know, but you've had consistency and that showed up once again, car going down the racetrack. You got a first round matchup against Jim Maroney. Jim goes down the racetrack, 97, seven at two fifty seven, but you ran a three sixty seven, keeping that consistency and even stepping on it a little bit. Yeah. So basically what we did, we had a, you know, and here in the, we'll take this back. One thing we learned from Alan and Brian, how they ran things is you have a game plan. We don't just go to a race and hope we do well. We have a game plan. We, we're going to run this person. We're going to try this. We're going to do this. 
and next person, next person, next person, if you make it through the first round, which nothing is guaranteed. Um, we go up there and do our job. Doesn't care. We don't care who we run. Honest to God, we don't care. Um, we just want to do our very best. We race ourselves and the track every time. And that's why we were able to pull off what we did. Um, you know, Sean Langdon's one of the best leaders in the game. And you know what? We, it, it doesn't matter. It's just another guy in the other lane and I'm racing myself. If I let any of these people get in my head, we're going to get in trouble. So I don't care if it's Steve. I don't care who it is. Brittany, I mean, you just focus on your own game, you know, and that's it. And that's and basically what we did round by round. Uh, Sean was, Sean, Sean's a tough one. And look, Jim is a tough one. I make a yeah. mistake in any way. Jim Maroney, he will stomp on you, <laughs> you know, great guy. But there is nobody in top fuel that you can play with. It's not like last year, the year before. You need to step up this year. This will be the best year for racing in top fuel and funny car for the fans because I think there's going to be multiple winners in the next 20 races. So. I agree. I agree. And we're going to talk about the Gator Nationals and this whole call-out deal that some of the fans don't understand. We're going to focus on that. But I want to, I want to just highlight, like, you left on Sean Langdon and you outran Sean Langdon. And, you know, Sean is a very great lever, but you found something last year. You advanced to the semifinals. Steve, they knew they had to push it, right? Like they, if you don't apply pressure, they can do a lot of things. If you apply pressure, then they have to step on it. And looking at your ETs and the consistency, that's one of those, I don't want to call it an intimidation victory, but like they knew they couldn't just go down the racetrack and run a 70 and win the race. And that's what is changing now as these other teams have elevated. Talk about your run against the four-time champ. Yeah. So basically our goal was to stay consistency. Um, every run this weekend, I was trying to stay in the sixties and I did really good except for with Steve. Um, Steve, I think I did a 73. Uh, I, I must've blinked or something, but um, I expected to stay in the sixties all weekend and just go down the track you don't have to be in, you know, the, the, the fastest, like in the 20s or 30s. Um, eventually, we are going to have to get there. So I'm going to stay in the 60s, and we're going to have – we had a game plan, and that's exactly what we did. Uh, Sean, great driver, you know, going to do – he's going to do good with Ellen. Um, you know, they have, uh, they have an amazing program, and, uh, you know, we're getting ready for them because we know towards the end of the year they're going to come, and they're going to come full force because – um, how they run their program is, uh, you know, everything is testing until we go to the end, you know, the yes. end is where it's at. And the last six races are going to be a dog fight. Like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, well, exactly. And so that whole, uh, conversation, you know, countdown, no countdown, good, bad. Should we, shouldn't we, it's, it's, it's worthwhile talking about before the season happens or after the season is over, but we've all agreed to the rules now and we know what the rules will be. And so trying to get wins until that point, reset the points, get after it. And you're right. Six races with all of these teams is going to be amazing. Uh, Clay Milliken had a really tough start to the weekend. The car wouldn't start, but they rebounded and they got to the final round. And uh, you know that they're capable of running some 60s. They put some 60s on the board. Mike Clover was disappointed. But both teams slowed down in the final. Take me through that final. You left with a 63. So there's that 60 reaction time you were looking for. 75-1, uh, won, won the race. Clay was 76-9. And with the difference in reaction time, he left on you by a couple of thou. It had to be really tight at the stripe. One of I those really was, tight races. Yeah, I think it was about six feet. Um and I think we would put a little bit crooked when I left. Um, so my car shot to the left. I corrected it, moved it around, brought it back. And, uh, you know, I was doing that Bugs Bunny thing at the end, you know, when he's falling out of an airplane. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> let's go. Come on, buddy. Let's make this happen. You know, and uh, I saw I saw his front wheel and I was ahead of him. And I'm just, you know, hammer down. Let's go. I mean, all out, never lift, you know, just it was close. I could hear him. I could, I, I mean, I could, I could smell the nitro, man. It was crazy. That was a good race for us, but both of our cars slowed down. We dropped some holes and our blower was loose at the end. So we, we lost minimum thousand to 2000 horsepower. 
um, right at the, I would say at 800 feet, we started noticing, I mean, it, it dropped off crazy, but he was doing the same thing on the other side. So it worked out. We had luck on our side. Uh, we found some things that we need to improve on and, uh, you know, it will be ready for the next race. And we're going to talk about that. Just want to shout out Terry Sutton, crew chief for flying. Ryan Ayler is out there. We're lucky to have Mike in our sport. Very down to earth gentlemen, Jan Peterson of Jan and art. Uh, great start, Mike. You probably heard us screaming for you in Arizona. Uh, and, and you are, you're building a fan base, right? Like there yes, are sir. people who have seen you come in and, you know, stick it out, right? Stick it out, go through some tough times with the girls, some difficult uh, moments, uh, gut-wrenching moments, keep getting up, right? What do they say? It's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. And you and this family keep getting back up. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, um, something that we, our whole life has been like that. And, and look, there's several people in this world, quite almost everybody has hardship. Um, and they have rough times, and it's how you deal with them. Um, our family, we deal with things in a different way. We, you know, we, everybody knows this story. We started off very, you know, humble, and we just stay that way. But we work, we work, we work, we work. We don't stop. Just because something happens, you know, you push. Here's what I will tell everybody. If you like the way your life is, keep doing what you're doing, good or bad. If you want to improve it, you need to step up every day, you know, every day. Um, I, I, uh, I've been up since 1.15 this morning. Um, don't sleep much. My brain is on fire. Um, I love business. Um, I keep going. Um, but one thing, one thing, Joe, is you have to push harder than anybody else. You have to outwork everybody. And nowadays, we're losing that ethic with people in every sector in, our, in, in, in industry and in life and racing, everybody wants, but nobody wants to put in, you know, um, we prep at the, at the, at the shop. So we go to the track and we go race. We don't work on our stuff at the track. Our guys, they have a discipline that's pretty amazing. And, and, and I will say this again, when the off season, when we had that the COVID stuff and we sat out, we brought the guys down to our businesses and I wanted that team effort, uh, that team mentality brought to my companies. And we have that now. And it's amazing. I brought racing, the ideology and the team to business. And we're performing really well at business, too, because of it. Wow. Uh, look at Brian says, I uh, got some original scrappers merchandise and you wouldn't even let him pay for it. And uh, that is amazing. I remember when you guys first showed up. And, uh, you know, we were, I think the first interview we ever did was about how you had like polished and airbrushed stuff on like the undersides of your pit cart, <laughs> just like really going all in. I, I like what you have to say about work ethic. And I guess it makes sense. I don't know if it was Marvin Hagler who said it's tough to get up at 4am to train when you're sleeping in silk uh, sheets and everything, but you, uh, you do. Right. Like you've made it, but you never lost the, uh, you know, is it a desire? Is it a fear? Is it just in, inherent your character to work? Is it just a love for the work? Like if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Explain, explain how you're able to do that. You know, if, if you've ever been, if you've ever been really hungry in your life for success, um, you know, like when I did, when I was a little kid, I didn't know something about business and I wanted to learn. Um, I had a shoe shine box. I would go to the fanciest restaurant where all the guys did business, the businessmen, and I would shine their shoes and ask them questions and listen to their, their business deals. And I learned a lot being around elderly business people. And it, you just have to be hungry. You have to, you have to want. And, and anybody that really knows me, everything that we do is not good enough. We can always do better. You could step it up every day. You know, and everybody takes everything for granted, and we don't as a family. We appreciate everything. We don't let the, the craziness get a hold of us. But being hungry, Joe, keeping yourself hungry, you know, and here's the biggest drive that I have. I have four daughters that are watching what I'm doing, you know. I mean, just you see when they get out of them, like Jasmine had her accident. She got out of the car, and, you know, we, we had our moment, and, you know, I asked her if she's okay, and we walked over to the ambulance, she grabs me by the shirt and she says, 
we got to get another car. I can't go out like this. And uh, they surprised the heck out of me and they impressed me because, uh, you know, I look at the girls and they're not quitters. They're, they don't listen to all the naysayers. They want to achieve what they want to achieve. And uh, the funny thing is we're not pushing them. You know, this is what they, our family does. We don't stop. Yes. Well, and, and it, it's hard, it's hard to learn anything when you're a little older, like all these junior dragster kids, for instance, they get in a car at four, five years old, right? They're out there and they, they learn right away. Your family came to drag racing as drivers a little bit late. You had a really, uh, you know, you were, uh, if you told me the story, the programs, I think it was the Lions Dragway or OCIR, right? You were selling programs as a kid out there because you always had a love for drag racing, but you went and were successful in business and then came back to it and was a family decision. Yeah, it was Fremont Drag Strip. It was Fremont okay. Drag Strip. We, uh, my uncle, my, my dad used to give my uncle $3 for gas, 57 Ford uh, station wagon with surfboards up on top. He was a hippie. And uh, what he would do is he would go he, drag racing, surfing. Um, it, it, was, it was Santa Cruz is not too far from us. So that's what he was. And my uncle introduced me to drag racing as a kid because he would go hang out with the drag racers. And some of the drag racers were surfers and they would all go surf together. So he would babysit me and basically leave me at the drag strip and I would go figure out how to make money there. You know, selling food, doing programs, picking up scrap metal, uh, doing whatever we had to do. But I always made a buck, you know, and it just, I turned car world off when I turned a certain age, like 15, 16 years old, and I went to work, you know, 41 years later in business, we, you know, started enjoying life. And I, I wanted to go race, but I always, I have a discipline with business, business first, always, you know, and, and still to this day, business is first. So it, it, it was tough. It was tough to give up my childhood and my 16, 17 year old driving hot rods and race cars and stuff like that, even though I did have fast cars, but I never had a time to race them or use them, you know? Makes sense. Well, you, you know, business first and that's a great attitude, but at some point racing becomes business. And I think you're to that point now with many different relationships and partnerships and working on uh, different programs. I do want to talk Gator Nationals. I want to talk Pep Boys All-Star Callout, but since we're talking about young Mike, I want to talk about the passing of Danny on Gaius U S nationals winner just happened the other day. I saw a comment that you made about spending a little time with Danny to me. That's uh, you know, I'm a little kid and my dad is telling me all about Danny on the gas and how amazing he was to be able to go through different disciplines of motorsports back then, whether it be an Indy car, or, uh, you know, full body cars, drag cars. Um, talk a little bit about Danny as we have lost another legend. Yeah, so over at Fremont, Danny would come in and he would womp on everybody. He was uh, he was just a different type of person, and he would come in and he'd kick everybody's butt. And he was one of my heroes. He was one of the guys that, like, if I could be like anybody, I wanted to be like Danny and Gaius because he wasn't, for me, as what I saw, he wasn't the people person. He was a person that was quiet and came and raced, and he came to beat you. He didn't come and mess around. You know, um, you know, it, it's really funny. Where I grew up, there was a Sugar Ripe special. There was a cannery down the street, and Joe Leonard used to drive from. So we grew up around all these people. My my youngest daughter's my youngest daughter went to school with Joe Leonard's Joe Leonard's uh, granddaughter. So it's it's really we're in a, we were in a racing mecca over here in San Jose for all these different you know guys that raced out there. But Danny Danny uh, was very important in my life because. I watched how he did things and he was very special. And, you know, I, I never really shared it with anybody, but it was just like, I have these heroes that I think that if you're going to follow anybody, you follow what they did. You mimic what they did. I just like what he stood for. He came in, did his job and, and he didn't mess around. And this guy came in and when he would come to the lanes, it was funny. We'd be sitting on the sidelines there. We'd watch him come to the lanes and, you can see all the guys that he was racing, they would be messing up because it was Danny and guys. And I'm like, dude, someday I want to be like, this guy is so cool. Slick back hair, this, that. And I'm like, he had his Leatherman jacket on. And I'm like, wouldn't that be cool to just be this guy? You know, I was just a little kid, you know? And I'm like, so it was really kind of funny. You know, I just always kept it to myself, but the man was uh, pretty darn amazing. IndyCar, 
I mean, anything he wanted to drive, that guy, and think about this. I'm driving a pro mod, I'm doing this, I'm doing little things. So basically we're still following in his footsteps. I want to try the motorcycle. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm hungry for life and I'm, I'm thirsty for this stuff just like he was. That's awesome. No, no, it is. And, uh, and it's a perfect example how we should tell the people we admire or at least say it because at some point they won't be around anymore. Right. And, uh, Danny and Gaius, what, what, uh, uh, I've never met him, but certainly my, you know, my dad talked about him all the time as like one of the greats as I was coming up. And, uh, and now we have, we have lost him. You mentioned the pro mod car. Uh, I told Mike, Mike, you'll be on for 20 minutes. It's going to be a couple minutes more, Mike, but I promise we'll, <laughs> we'll let you go. We're talking good stuff, but let's talk about Jose Gonzalez, um, and how he's helped you because you're, that's something we talk about at the track a little bit. We haven't had John WFO to talk about it. He's the reigning pro mod world champ. He told me that a guy from South Florida named, uh, you know, we call him bum, right? Roberson. He's in the Miami Hollywood uh, Hall of Fame helped him learn to drive, and Jose gave you something that you said, "I got something now," and look, it's working. Like it's if you're taking it through. He's a champ. You're doing real well. I don't expect you to tell us exactly what it is, but that it can happen. You can find something that works for you. Well, so like you look at this. Every every driver has his own characteristics. Every driver has his little quirks that work for him, don't work for him. So. In the year and a half, the last year and a half that I was with, uh, Alan was with us, I was experimenting with different things. A lot of them didn't work. Um, you know, Jose and I talked, he jumped, I got in the pro mod. I did not know how to drive a pro mod. And I think I scared him. And <laughs> the first time I drove it, almost crashed it. And he's like, okay, you cannot do this. You have to do it this way. And so he started sending me videos and giving me tips. And funny thing is Jose and I embraced each other and he showed me how to drive a pro mod and, and you know what i will give that man credit because he is awesome at it i mean he is awesome i mean i need to get to the 003s and the 005s i'm i think my best is an 014 018 and well to win a championship you need to be in the double o's double o's and that's what we want to consistently be now doing that saying that um jumping from one car to the next we, we he was a little concerned that i might have issues but they're two total different animals and you just have to do certain things. Okay. And then like Belushi, Belushi came and told me, he goes, um, here's what I need you to do. When you jump in the pro mod, talk to yourself and say, I'm in the pro mod now. He goes, say you're in the pro mod. When you're in the top fuel, I'm in the top fuel car. So you will not forget what car you're driving. And to be honest with you, for me, it was really easy because they're totally different animals. You have to do different things. My pro mod is fast. It's a modern day altered. They're, they're scary. You cannot mess around. Um, we were testing at Indy, real quick little story. We were testing at Indy and I got to taste what it feels like to crash a pro mod, even though I did not crash. Um, I went through the, I did a 571 at a test session, no parachutes at Indy and I used to spin cars out as a kid and do things because, you know, we, we were just always messing around with cars. So when the car, I tapped the brake, I was going to, I was going to go into the sand pit. So I wanted to save this car because I, I didn't, you know, it's going to be expensive to replace it. I hit the brake, car made a left turn. I spun the car out on purpose and hit the brakes, turned the wheel to the left, spun it around the other way, let off, did it again, did it again. I did it four, three times. Teddy told me from the starting line, he's seen the front end three times. And then I slid it sideways all the way into the pit. And the only thing that it did was crack the balance on the bottom, the little, um, the airfoil on the bottom of the front hood, blew the two front tires out, but I went in straight and didn't hurt nothing. We threw two new tires on it, put the new front end on it, went out and did a 571 with parachutes this time. But those guys, those guys were telling me, that the crew, the safety crew at Indy said that is some of the best driving I've ever seen because they seen the wheels turning left and right. I think I turned the wheel 36 times, hit the brake every every second. I did it like probably 10 times, pumped them like ah. a, um, uh, you know, the, the new cars. Um, sure. Anti-lock. Yeah, anti-lock. There you go. Sorry. And, and I did everything I can to save that car and it worked. And I got lucky. Let's say I got lucky too. But 
that right there is total. What was kind of funny is as I'm sliding, Joe, it was in slow motion and I'm looking at it like, so being in the fuel car, your brain is so fast. So driving the pro mod, I literally have time to look around and smile and it just enjoy the ride. You know, it's, it's five point something seconds, but it's the world when you're racing after driving the top fuel car. So when I run the top fuel car, go 334, and then I jump in the pro mod, it's like driving, it's fast, no joke for the size it is, but I have time to sit there and enjoy the ride. And I like, wow. honestly, I don't want it to end. I don't want any of it to end. That's why I'm doing this. I mean, think about this. Front engine dragster, 1960s, floorboard, Fremont, open helmet. You know, you got this mask on, wind, good music. I mean, that's the world right there. That's all I live for, to be honest with you, in drag racing. That's my moment right there. I don't want to get out of it. Wow. Well, you know, and there's a lot of people, this sport, like your your era, that era is really what birthed this sport, right? The music, the culture, and exported it all around the country. And uh, and everybody loved it around around the world. Great story. I appreciate it. Glad you didn't damage it. Hey, how many Pro Mod races are you going to run this year? Oh, okay. All of them. So my, car, my car will leave. Uh, all the guys are in Orlando right now testing. My car is leaving on Monday. Mine's ready to go. Um, so we're going to have some fun at Florida and uh, just uh, go from there and see how it works. Awesome. All right, let's talk Pep Boys All-Star Top Fuel call-out. You are ranked third behind Steve and Britt, according to my uh, calculations of the rules. And some people were asking questions yesterday. It's, it, it may, people are trying to overcomplicate the deal. Steve gets to call out someone, and until we've got full matchups, it goes down. So if Steve were to call out Britt, then you would get to call out someone, and, 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 and on and on, et cetera, and so on. So you're going to get to call out someone. That yes. is a fact unless you get called out then exactly. you will lose your opportunity to get called out so steve might call you out or Britt might call you out but maybe not especially after you just won a race so what do you think of this whole situation and i feel like nhra is absolutely on the right track with this because it is you know talking about it and seeing it happen are two different things right all of a sudden there's a strategy and everybody's got to really think what it means to call someone out and be called out. Like what they're calling us out that you'd have to take offense if someone called you out. So give me your, uh, your thoughts on the whole deal. Well, I think, I think I want to commend NHRA for they're doing the right thing. They are trying different things. Look, some stuff is going to work. Some stuff's not going to work, but this is, this is big for us as drag racers. Hopefully they do the right media and get this thing set up right to where it, it, it goes out there. I'm looking forward to it because um, you know, as a kid, when we did race and it wasn't legally at the track, but when we did stuff, this is how we did it. And we made it fun. But like, think of all the drivers there. You got Sean, Doug, Antron, um, you know, just there's Leah. I mean, all of them. It, it's just, it's going to be awesome. I mean, <laughs> I, I think, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, you are going to offend people, but you know what? Who cares? This is this is this is gonna. Ha we're gonna have a good time here. Um, I, I would I would much rather them throw us all in the pin and let's see who comes out. <laughs> I mean, let's go because on this stuff, Joe. For me, so where I came from, that name right there. Okay, we fought for everything that we did in life. Okay, we're still fighting every day. Okay, so we're we're, we're brawlers. Let, let's let's do this. I mean, this is more my world. I mean. I wish I wish we could, you know, do things a little bit different, but it's kind of cool because this is what this sport needs. We need to keep doing things like this. I want to bet there. I want to bet. Whoever I race, I want to bet and whoever I do pick out, I want to make a side bet with them. Hopefully we can do that. Um, not sure. But the good part is everybody there, all eight of us, we have – I got to run basically four of them. Or three of them. I got to run three of them. So, or four of them, I think it is. So, whatever it is, it is. Let, let's go. Let's do this thing. Um, and you, you don't necessarily go for the weakest person. You go for the strongest person. Let's get that. If, if here's what I would tell everybody: if you don't have the balls to pick the fastest guy and the best guys, you don't belong in the countdown. I want to go after 
I'm the guy that goes after the biggest guy always. That's the I guy like I want to go after. You know, that's not cool. the not the one that is running halfway decent. You know, that's just my me. Let's, yeah. I want to rise to the challenge, and it's a better show for the fans. You know, I mean, let's go, let's do this. Well, so you know that there's a strategy to that too, in that. Um, the way the time run situation is working, like maybe you get the strongest guy at their that the strongest person available at their weakest moment, first pair out, first first round out. And so, like, who's Steve gonna pick, right? Like, I have no idea and I don't want to speculate. And he was so coy about not giving us any information on the stage. It might be Brit, or maybe it wouldn't be. That would fall me, you know. It might it might be you and that would take lane choice away from you. And then you might run a lane that you hadn't been down. We don't know about that just yet, but like who's available, right? Leah, Antron, Justin, uh, Doug Coletta with, with Alan Johnson and Sean Langdon. Oh my goodness. It's going to be so great. And the idea of, of wagering on the starting line, I haven't heard um, NHRA's stance to this, but, I don't think they're going to do anything, but is there anybody that can hang with you in that department? Right? Like, I don't know, Mike, I guess, I guess Conrad can, and I know yeah, Mama- they, they, they can, but the thing, the thing is, it's just to make it a little bit more interesting and to bring back the grassroots. If they want to bring back the grassroots of what we're doing here, I mean, it is. And here's the thing. This is one thing that I'm very disciplined in. Justin Ashley won Pomona, right? Yes. Goes over. He's out first round. Okay, I, that might happen to me. You, you never know. So do not get cocky. Do not get arrogant. You know, Sean, Sean Langdon put in a post. Whoever picks me, I'm going to make him pay. Be careful, buddy. Be careful. You know, you never know what's going to happen. This could get you in trouble. And I never am like this in public. But I'm telling you, I'm going there to whip all their asses. Everybody. Don't care. And, and that's what we have to do. When we go to these races, we're going there to beat everybody. We're not all going to win every race. But the funny part of it is we need to have that mentality walking in. And if God, if God likes you that day and all the stars are aligned, we're going to do just fine. And I love that attitude, Mike, because it's drag racing, right? Like everybody yep. will be up and down always. Might as well make it a fun show for the people watching and give them a reason to root for you uh, because everyone's going to lose first round at some point. That's just the way this sport is. You lose more than you win. Well, and and think about this. Like you said, okay, they got Alan Johnson. Okay. (laughs) What are you supposed to do? The whole world is going to fall because Alan Johnson's there. No. Okay. You know what? You know, everybody has to learn. Alan is great. All of us go through these little slumps and up and down. Um, you know, look, look, karate's over there. Karate's over there. I mean, uh, you know, you just look at all the crew chiefs. They're all great. There is no one person or one crew chief that is great. And as you see, we go on through the year here, you'll find out who's going to be the shining star. It may not be us. Maybe somebody else. But this is drag racing. One thing that we did learn, you drag your stuff up to the line, the guy that makes the least mistakes is the guy that wins. That's what it comes down to. And yes. if it's your day, it's your day. And that's all. It, you know, everybody has their thing. It's really cool. I mean, it, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a real fun deal. And I, and I hope they do it the right way with NHR. I hope they do it the right way um, because you don't, you don't get this chance very often. Right. People are noticing you know, people are noticing. I think they are. There's a special TV show, hour and a half show on Fox. You know, it's only three rounds of racing. They're going to do the whole call out thing on a stage. You know, Steve, you guys are all going to be together. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they'll pull Steve aside and be like, all right, Steve, who's it going to be? It's going to be so-and-so. And then they're going to zoom in on that person. And that person's going to react, good or bad. I think they're going to go talk to the person. Like, how do you feel? You just got called out. Oh, man, it feels terrible. We're going to make them pay. That kind of stuff. I hope and I, I'm pretty confident they're going to put a lot of time into the back and forth, what it means to have been called out, call someone out, the strategy behind it. Um, but then again, we'll just have to wait and see. And it's only one week away. Super excited. Hey, we had a question here. And before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to ask that question. Derek wants to know about uh, Gianna and the Pro Stock Motorcycle. 
Um, I can't find the question right now, but tell everybody about that. You told us in the media center, he wants to know if Gianna is going to be good for Gainesville. I know the answer, but you tell the audience, you know, what's going on with Gianna. She's going to run this season, but not Gainesville. That's, that's correct. Gianna was testing with uh, Matt Smith. He's running our team now. Um, she was at a track and she decelled, let off the, let off the gas, front forks broke, flew over the handlebars at 170 miles an hour and um, got banged up pretty good. Uh, didn't break any bones, what we thought. So the kid is tough as nails. Um, I could say this once again, I don't know what their mother fed him as they were kids, but uh, that kid that kid bounced around at 170 miles an hour, ripped her leathers, I mean, got scuffs, got beat up. She, uh, we had a talk with her and we were trying to basically ask her, is this what she wants to do? Is this her second accident? Um, I, you know, we're, we're concerned parents. Um, do you want to drive something else? You want to be in this? And she basically told us before at the end of the conversation, when we were even thinking of pulling her funding to see how bad she wanted it. And she said uh, she already bought a bike. So she has a new Vance and Heinz bike that is uh, actually being loaded up as we speak and off its on its way to testing. Gianna walked around for a month and she had a fracture on her right foot. And she went to the doctor to get released to go race Gainesville. Her foot was a little sore and they found a fracture. So they put her, she's off for a month. She is going to miss Gainesville. Um, and it, as long as she stays off of it, she'll, she'll be at the next one. Excellent. No, excellent. And that's great. The girl has got guts, grit, and determination. Really smart too, which is very important. Um, I appreciate it. Mike, you you doubled the amount of time today that we asked for. Thank you, though, because the great stories, right? And this is where people get to know you. The track, you get a few minutes. This was uh this was really insightful and I really appreciate it. Good luck. We'll be in Gainesville real soon, and you've already got a win this year, and I'm super happy for Rob Flynn. Like, I can't say that over and over. Kind of an insider thing for people, but uh, for you to give Rob the opportunity and you guys to go out and get a win already, that speaks volumes. And I think uh, I, I, I talked to your guys out in Pomona, and uh, and they love working for you. And so keep doing what you're doing, and thanks for coming on WFO. Hopefully, you're first of many. Yeah, and you know what, uh, Rob, I'm glad he's with us. And another thing, Jim, thank you for doing what you do. I appreciate this. This I appreciate you being there for us. Thank you. Uh, well, absolutely. I love it too, Mike. You know, I'm going bracket racing in my own little little car this weekend, gonna run sportsman. I love it too. And uh, and we all want we all got to do what we can do to make this thing bigger and better. And so this is what I can do. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in a week. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Later. Bye, Mike. Thank you. Mike Salinas with us here on WFO Radio. And um, compliments like that, right? It keeps me going. And uh, we asked him for 20 minutes, and we kept him for 40 minutes. And I think it was good. Jay says, what an awesome interview. Thank you, Jay. The All-Star call-out occurs during Q1. It's all up there on uh, – NA- no, not during Q1. Well, the call-out process. It's up on uh, NHRA.com. You can read the whole process and the schedule. Um, I'll get to that in a second, uh, but first I'm going to just, uh, ask everybody to put your comments in the comment section. I want to say what's up to everybody that's stacking out there for the baby Gators. Alan Reinhardt is on his way and we've got ourselves uh, division two action this weekend. It's all going to be up on NHRA.tv. And then next week, the, the baby Gators, there's also a story about the Garlitz hall of fame induction. I want everybody to know that I'll be hosting that and that there are tickets still available and it costs $110. So let's let's do the math here, right? It's 110 bucks. Everybody's spending a lot more on everything, gas, and we all know why, right? Supply and demand and the pandemic and everyone's shut down. Now there's a war in Ukraine and the Russians are, uh, you know, I don't want to go into that too much, but uh, who knew? I thought they were, anyway, let's move on to why things cost so much. And $110 is a lot of money, but you get to do, see the Hall of Fame induction. Tim Richards going to be inducted by Joe Amato. Scotty Cannon. Bobby Bennett's going to put him in the hall. Rick Stewart, the starter of NHRA and, and others. We're going to have ourselves a great time. And you can be there and you get a meal and you get a cool uh, glass, right? And Roy Hill. Roy Hill's Drag Racing School does the glasses out there. So it's a value. It's Thursday night. It's going to be at the Hilton. And you can still get a ticket. It's $110. Call Chuck at uh, the Museum of Drag Racing. And tell him you heard about it on WFO, by the way. And we'll all have fun together on Thursday night 
And uh, I think it is great. You should definitely do it. I, I have done it now for the past couple of years. I've been there prior to being the host and think it's a big part of drag racing. It's a big part of NHRA drag racing that everyone should be involved in. A couple of things, WFO gear. Every morning I get, I'm getting an email. People are buying the swag in the merch store. You can find it up on WFORadio.com. Go to WFO store and uh, get a little merch. You never know who's going to be wearing the WFO merch. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, I'll be running the GTO this weekend while the baby gators are going on. One of my last opportunities to race at Palm Beach International Raceway. And I'm going to win, just like Mike said. I'm going there to win this time for the first time. I actually feel like, okay, I had a 33. I had a trip zip. I had a 13 reaction time. I The car did what I wanted it to do. I got a spot. Let's go. Go in there to win. Let's see what happens. First round out. See you later. Bye back. Lost. Because <laughs> it's drag racing, like Mike said, right? Shout out to our Patreons. This is our VIP listener club, guys. It's behind the scene. The Patreons, uh, they pay a monthly membership. They choose what it is. There are multiple tiers and everybody gets the same thing. And I know what you're probably thinking. Like, why would anybody pay the most? And the answer is because they can. We ask everybody to do what they can. And our listeners have who are involved. Have, you know, they update what they can do given the time. The one that hits the Powerball, you know, moves it up a little bit. But we try to make it worth their while. They get ignition. They get to watch and chime in on the ignition recording session and sometimes even co-host, which has been really great. Monday Motivation, a special show that lets them know everything that's going on uh, with WFO and some inside information. And as the year goes on, we're going to have meetups. We've already got Patreon meetups scheduled for the U.S. Nationals and Vegas 2. Big WFO Patreon meetups at the U.S. Nationals and Vegas 2. And so people are actually making their plans, believe it or not, to go to races that they might not normally go to because they're WFO patrons. It's a community. It's like the... You know, this is a community. It is uh, an insider's club, if you will, that anyone can join. Um, but our sponsors, like Marvin Rodak and Rodakscoffeeandgrills.com, the hot sauces, the spice rubs, try the Marvin coffee. You'll understand what I'm talking about. 817-924-6821. I just got a bag yesterday. I'm super excited. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. I'm working hard to get Paul Tracy over there to Frank's, right? Paul Tracy is on the starting line. Here's a veteran racer who is, you know, one champ car and everything. And he's like, I've never seen anything in the world. So insane. And so fast. That's exactly what we need. Let's get him in a car, right? Frankholly.com. Samtech.edu, the school of automotive machinists and technology for the next generation of engine builders, crew members, motorsport, EFI tuners, CNC programmers. If you're a relatively young person, you don't have to be a kid. You can be in your twenties or early thirties. Check this out as an option because everyone who has a gig, uh, in machining has got a gig for life. Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, totalseal.com. Big thanks to Matt Hartford. Got to go hang out at Total Seal, learn a little bit more. And uh, very interesting, some of the stuff they've got going on. Stick with us to learn more about Total Seal and check out Hidden Horsepower. And then there's Paul Lee's, fti-performance.com. Great to have Lucas Oil Series racing, getting up and going, whether it be dot .90 racing, big money bracket racing, or local weekend warriors. If you're looking for consistency and success, FTI can get you there. And if you're just making huge power on the street, guess what? They can help you out as well. Uh, let's see what people have to say before we get on out of here, right? Let's see what people have to say. Oh, the Monday Morning Racer making a comment. Thanks, Joe. Good one for sure. I'm finally headed east. Shameless plug. I've got Rob Flynn on tonight on Monday Morning Racer on the Competition Plus Power Hour. Listen, I'm down to plug the Monday Morning Racer and everything he does, especially because he and Slam and Sam were out there. They're friends now. And uh, we're in the media center. I run the media center for the NHRA after the race. And uh, good questions. Monday Morning Racer, good stuff. And, um, you know. This guy is like a world uh, traveler now, or at least he's taking a tour of the United States. Sammy, my bud. Great job, Joe. Monica, WFO swag equals happiness. Monica has like bought every bit of swag that we have. Michael, Stewart is an ex-top fuel driver. I don't know about that. Are we talking about TS? No, I'm, I don't think so. I think, I don't want to say what I think, but I think that, Tony's not doing anything that he doesn't feel like he can go out and be competitive. And they're not there yet. They're not there yet. Let's get the Leah car running really well. And then he'll make some laps and he'll hone in his skills. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like if I have to make a prediction, is Tony Stewart going to compete in an NHRA national event at some point? 
during this tenure as a team owner? My answer is yes. I believe it's probably overwhelmingly likely at this point, but that's not based on anything other than my own intuition. Let's see what this guy. Hey, Joe, how about another Sweden pro stock for Gainesville with Alan uh, Prasinski in the Dodge? Get him on WFO. Yes. Well, that's not going to happen, Kev, uh, because get this. Tomorrow, we've got Aaron Stanfield, and that is Friday. For those of you listening in the future, this is a show that we do live. But if you're listening to the audio-only podcast on on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can listen at any time you want. But we just run out of space. So Friday, we got Aaron Stanfield. And then Monday... I've already got confirmation from Lyle Barnett. We're going to do talk about his big pro modified wins and going to reach out to a couple other pro mod racers and uh, highlight some of the categories that are opening up at the Gator Nationals. That'll be Monday preview round 12 noon. So be ready. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, WFO Radio TV and enable notifications so you never miss a show. But then, but then on Tuesday, I guess, you know, on Tuesday, Alan Reinhardt. And then Wednesday, I'm out heading up to Gainesville. So it's going to be a short week next week. If you consider Monday, Tuesday, a short week plus ignition. The Beaver Motorsports Pro Stock team. Is that an all new entry? Sorry, I haven't had time to read the article on Complex. Don't know. Um, n- no, that's the one that Richie Stevens was uh, running. And I wonder exactly what's going on with that. Because I saw someone say that Larry Morgan is back in Pro Stock. And Larry went out and actually drove for them at the U.S. Nationals because, oh, my gosh. No, I don't want to sign up. Sorry, Bobby. I just don't like those things. Oh, man. Here we go. Beaver Motorsports to run pro stock in 2022, beginning at the Gator Nationals. And there's a photograph of Larry Morgan. And there it is. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I've been friends with the Beaver and Chip for a long time, said 19-time national pro stock uh, event winner Larry Morgan. As long as we've got the power to do it, I'm definitely up for it. We just hope to qualify and go a couple of rounds, says Larry Morgan, who one of the best episodes of Hidden Horsepower ever, Larry Morgan. And, of course, Chip Lofton helping out uh, Mark Beaver and that team, and they are grit and determination. And so welcome back, Larry Morgan. Pretty awesome. Let's see. Another awesome interview. Thanks for doing this show. Thank you, Steve, for watching. Cody, love Mike Salinas. Mike's a great guy. I was uh, fortunate to get to know Mike a little bit when he first showed up, and I went and talked to him and and just got his lay of the land. And then, you know, then the family comes in, and the more you talk to Gianna and Jasmine and and Monica, like, they're a great family. They're a great family. And, you know, Mike is his own unique thing, (laughs) right? He's one of those... He wants to be lowered into a pit with the other top field drivers. That's all you need to tell you need to know. Galtier, what's up, buddy? Way to go, Joe. No way to go. Craig, you can run the Gators. You out the baby Gators. You're going to be out there. Where are you? Mike says, I think you do a great job too, Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you for saying that. Great interview. Great show. WFO. What an awesome interview. Everybody saying it. All right. Let me tell you the Pep Boys all-star top fuel call out schedule. This is up on NHRA.com. Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, Pep Boys NHRA All-Star call-out group photo in the lanes. Then at 5 o'clock on Friday, the NHRA Top Fuel All-Star call-out first-round selection. Torrance gets the first selection, followed by the next highest-seeded driver until all matchups are uh, exhausted. Does everybody understand that? Somebody said said something yesterday that made me feel like you don't understand this. It's really easy. Okay, one gets to call out anyone between two and eight. If two gets called out, they don't get to call anyone out because they've been called out. So then the next call out would go to three. And if three happens to call out four, then four loses their opportunity to call someone out. And that means five will get the opportunity to call out someone. And if five called out six, then obviously seven and eight are the only ones left. And that's how it's going to work. After first round, those four drivers will go up on the stage again. And the quickest, the quickest elapsed time, whoever has the quickest elapsed time of round one, will get to call out someone. And then the other pair is a pair. So that's pretty simple. There's the opportunity for people to be offended. To, to wonder, like, why you think I'm the weakest? Do you think I'm the strongest? Or what are you doing? Or we're going to make you pay? And hats off to Sean Langdon. Hats off to Sean Langdon 
and Mike Salinas just now for putting it out there. And I'm going to ask my audience to stir the pot, retweet those of you out there on Twitter, any smack talking. This is an opportunity to showcase the personalities of NHRA drag racing. It's already working much better than I think anybody thought it was going to because people are realizing, oh my gosh, I have to make a call. Steve Torrance has to make a call. Who is Steve Torrance going to pick? Is it going to be Mike Salinas? Is it going to be Doug Coletta? Is it going to be Sean Langdon? Like Steve is going to pick Sean Langdon. Maybe Steve's going to pick Leah, right? Like what if Steve picks Leah? Let's take a second. Steve picks Leah. They've got a little, a little friction in the past. There's been a little starting line stuff with those two. You're Leah. You're Tony Stewart. You're that team over there. Neil Strasbaugh like, oh, yeah, really? How do you not take it personally? How do you not get a little bit emotional? Whereas when the latter chart comes out, it's like this one runs this one. That's it. So it's super easy to get beaten and not take it personally. Because I was told to run so-and-so and so-and-so beat me and those are the breaks. But when someone calls you out and delivers, I think I'm going to beat you. And I just did take it. How does that not last? How does that not annoy? I think it does. I don't think you're going to see someone get called out and then get beaten, like selected for defeat is what I'm calling it. You're being selected for defeat. You're the weak one. We're going to put you on the trailer. And then we just did. How do you not? How do you walk over after that and be like, you're a good race? I don't see that happening. I see it. I see it becoming a little bit. Uh, now, do I want it to erupt into a battle royal uh, brawl down in a pit? No. Do I want it to last beyond this race and the things that happen beyond this extend for the rest of the year? And a little annoyance and a little aggravation? Yes. So Saturday, the Pet Boys NHRA Top Fuel All-Star Callout Autograph Session is going to happen in the Pet Boys display in the midway, 10 a.m. Saturday at 11.30 a.m., the Top Fuel All-Star call-out opening ceremony will occur, which is where, you know, we introduce the drivers and all that. At 11.45 a.m. will be first round for the Pet Boys All-Star call-out. They are uh, going to do the opening ceremony. Remember, the call-outs will be happening the day before. So if you want to see the actual call-outs, that's happening on Friday. If you want to see the race, that's Saturday. 11.45 will be first round. 12 noon, Pep Boys Top Fuel All-Star call-out round two. For round two. Okay, so for round two. They're going to do it at the top, and I'm sorry for reading that cold in a, in a poor way, but basically at the finish line. The winning driver made the quickest run. will get to call out their semifinal opponent. Then at 3.15, the Top Fuel All-Star call-out final round will occur, and there will be complete coverage on Fox Broadcast Network beginning at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, March 12th. So if you can't make it to the race, bummer for you. But then again, those of you who have NHRA.TV, you'll be able to see it all. And there you go. All right. Any final comments in the comments section, then we'll get going. I do want to say I got a piece of uh, information that the Sackman brothers, Matt Sackman, going to be running with Randy Meyer beginning at the Baby Gators this weekend. Go out and try to get another win. Good job, Matt and Zach, of course, going to be running top dragster. Love to see the uh, the PR reps getting going again for that. Very exciting. And good luck to all of our Lucas Oil Series racers. And here's another ask, right? We started a new bit on NHRA's social media. We're thinking about calling it designated, about the first designated pair in stock or super stock that have to go out on the track, not because they want to, but because they have to. So we're trying to feature those guys and tell their stories and interview them before and after the race with the race in the middle. And this is our way of showcasing the stars of class racing in the Lucas Oil Series. It only got 104 shares on Facebook. Only 104. And I was a little disappointed. And some people are suggesting like, do the Lucas Oil Series racers out there, do they like want to showcase themselves? So go check that out. 
It's on NHRA's YouTube channel. It's on NHRA's Facebook page. And hopefully you can share that because as the year goes on, assuming we continue to do it, think about how great that's going to be to talk to racers before and after they race in Stock Eliminator. Tommy, good job, Joe. See you next week. I'll be there, baby. Great show today. Thank you. Remember, 12 noon, 12 noon tomorrow, Aaron Stanfield, A.A. Ron. Mike versus Doug. It's got to be a cool call out. Need some kind of Stevie Fast uh, video. Yeah. Scrappers, call out Coletta. Oh, man. Everybody wants Scrappers Racing. Call out Coletta. Let us know who you think Mike will call out. Ask Scrappers Racing. They're participating. And Scrappers out there saying thank you all for tuning in with Mike. Everybody follow that page if you don't already. I think it's a great idea. It is a great idea. Leah versus Steve. I know. All right. I know. So exciting. All right, guys, we'll be back tomorrow. Check out the archive. Appreciate you. Thanks to our sponsors. More WFO to come. And remember, I'm going racing this weekend, too. How will it turn out? I'm going to win for the first time in a long time. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Scrappers. See you next time. WFO.